This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Kings insider and creator of the Kings beat, the hammer, James Ham. What's up, Ham? My re- my rebuttal is that I would like to see Zion and Brandon Ingram stay on the court long enough to actually play with each other to build chemistry to make this thing work. Very much fair. I I take either one of them either way. Sight unseen. Oh, I like, a, a full I like season Ingram. unseen. I, I'm taking Zion. <laughs> you want Ingram over Zion? It's a safer bet. I mean, if you're if you're building a team uh, around a superstar, then sure, Zion is young. And he has all kinds of potential. But if I'm building a team that I think, you know, like like a team like the Kings, where it's going to be all-star level but not superstar level players, but really, really good players, and I think if I can put three or four of them together, then I would take Ingram because, uh, like, I just think Zion, he's too unique in what he does, but he requires the ball all day long, and he really does upset the balance of everything. I mean, look at what C.J. McCollum has become there. After how good he was last year, he's averaging 17 points a game. Shooting percentages are down across the board. Um, but you know, the team like, is significantly better. They're unstoppable. Well, it is. It is today. But where is it tomorrow? Where is it three weeks from now when Zion could go out for another two months? You know, that's just kind of he the way his career out. is gone. He I could go out, but he also could not go out. I um, hope no one dislikes me as much as James Ham <laughs> appears to dislike Zion Williamson. <laughs> Zion and Carmelo. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, look, if you're going to have a player that's that good and requires that much attention, it's not just that he requires that much attention from the opposing team. He actually requires that much attention on your own team. Like, you have to build something around him. And if you can't guarantee that he's going to be there, it's it, it. and this is where I'll make the distinction. It's not like Kawhi Leonard, which you could put Kawhi on any team in the league, and he'll figure out how to just drop in, be great defensively, and so if he's gone a bunch, sure, it hurts you. But when he's there, it's not like you have to change everything because he is there. And with Zion, it's different. I mean, look at his usage. Look at his all the assists he's getting. I mean, that means he's got the ball in his hands the whole game. And it's not easy to play with a player like that. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll go out on a limb. I don't think either one of them are coming to Sacramento. Don't, no. don't, don't say that. Just relax. No. Just give it time. Give all it right. time. We were, we're going to talk about the Kings for the next hour, but before we did that, I just want to hear what James has to say about Phoenix. And not like the team, but like Chris Paul specifically. Their little whiny behavior. Happened, everything that happened over the weekend with those guys. Like, where do you stand on that? Was Zion out of pocket? Or do the, the, does Phoenix have a, a legit gripe? Or, you know, are they doing a little too much? Yeah, I, I just think that's guys trying to be like fake tough guys. Like, come on. Like, it's it's just a game. I, you know, like, I would bring it up, like, wasn't it A-Rod that walked over um, the A's uh, pitching mound and Josh Donaldson <laughs> gave him an earful years ago? Like, there are some unwritten rules that, you know, putting on a, a, a 
a dunk like that is is a little outlandish. You know, I thought early in the season the crowd the loved Kings, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought when the Kings ran up the score on Brooklyn, you know, there was probably five three pointers that went in that didn't need to be shot. Um, and it is what it is at this point. Like it, the league is built where you can do that, and you know, oh. I, I think it's good. Like the fans like it. The you're right. Like, but. Next time you come down the lane and you're playing against the Phoenix Suns, you might you might think twice because I don't think that they, they took too kindly to it. This in from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, the Sacramento Kings will be in Detroit on Friday. Detroit Pistons guard Cade Cunningham plans to have season-ending surgery oh. on his left shin. Damn, uh, that's scary. Cunningham is expected to make a full recovery ahead of training camp. Again, Cade Cunningham having season-ending shin surgery, mm. which is something I don't think I've heard before. I, I don't either. That's that's terrifying to me, shin injury. Jeez. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that one you, at all. What are you, what are you doing I surgery on? I have no idea. That's, yeah, there's got to be something there. Like I had, I've had shin splints quite a few times, um, and that's extremely painful. Uh, but I don't know what it is that he's got going on there. Unless it's like stress fractures or something, I, oh, I don't know. Man, get well yeah. soon, Cade. Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, hey, don't worry, kid. Get your get your shin better. We're going for Scooter Victor. Hang it, because man, <laughs> right. I don't uh, that, that 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 team was already tough. Man, it's just got a whole lot. It's got a whole lot tougher yeah. uh, for that squad. Yeah. Again, the Kings will be there Friday. So let's yeah. uh, let's get into that. They've got a couple of stops to make uh, before we get there. James, let's just kind of move in chronological order. And I know a lot of people want to hear about the trade rumors and stuff that are out there. We'll we'll, we'll get to that stuff. And I'm going to say trade rumors uh, in quotation marks. But let's start with the good, James, because there was a little bit of good and a little bit of bad since the last time we talked. Let's start with the good and that fourth quarter closeout that they had against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Ten straight stops, James, and the birth of the defensive player of the game, Chain. <laughs> it's like they had it made. Like, Is that your chain? Did. That was my first thought. It's like I think James Ham has one of those. Yeah, yeah. No, I told you, mine spins. Like, I, I've got, got one, oh, but it spins. I see you. I see you. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got that old so John I, Cena I, spinner chain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have that one, and I have one that looks like a giant clock. <laughs> um, yep. So I've got both of those. Um, like, look, this fun, this team is fun. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway. Um, I like, I'm not sure that a defensive player of the game thing is, is something that I would promote on a daily basis because, um, I don't think we saw it against, uh, against the next team because there was no defensive player of the game. Everyone got torched. And, and so like, what does it mean? And how do you like bring that from, I mean, maybe a defensive player of the week, for the team, that would make sense. But uh, either way, um, uh, the 19-0 run to finish the game, the 10 stops, just absolutely impressive. It, it's the best stretch that, like, four and a half minutes this team has had all season long. Um, and, you know, to be honest, like, that's a really good Cavs team. And they're missing Donovan, but the Kings were missing De'Aaron. And when you can go into that building when they're 11-1 and at home, and knock them off. You know that was a, they're the number three seed in the Eastern Conference, and and really like dominate the last five minutes of a game. Um, I, I just don't know that that's the most impressive game that I've seen from this team in a long, long time. 
Did you think they were teetering on being able to make a run like that in that game? Because I was not thinking that. <laughs> that that came out of nowhere. But sometimes you can see like a, a a team like man, if they could just get one or two stops and then follow that up with some buckets, they could really get on a roll and explode. Did you did you see that coming in any um, way, shape, or form on Friday night? No. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought that they had let the game slip away. Um, like I, I thought that that's where that game was going. It looked like they were heading for a dark place. Um, but that's how those runs go because it's not just about baskets. So um, we saw that you know when they were trying to fight back uh, the other night, last night, um, you saw them like, Every time they started to fight back, it's fine. You can you can get something going offensively, but if you let the other team score every time as well, then you're never going to catch up. Mm-hmm. And that was what I think it was kind of the sneaky thing. Like you saw it building like, ooh, they're, they're really good offensively right now. And then you kind of miss the fact that they had, you know, like the big blocks or the big steal or uh, the, the tight defense that forced a turnover. And so I was super impressed by just the way they – it again to have a run like that it, it's not just that you scored 19 points in the final four and a half minutes of a game which in itself is in, absolutely incredible it's that you you stop the other team from scoring at all mm-hmm. and and that means you didn't foul you didn't put them on the line because they didn't score a bucket at all they didn't score anything so yeah really really impressive I, I didn't see it coming but it's good to see that they're kind of building towards that yeah. and unfortunately the other side of uh the euphoria Kings fans had on and the Kings in general had on uh, Friday night was what we sat through yesterday, arguably uh, the Kings worst game of the season, perhaps inarguably the Kings worst beginning to end uh, game of the season uh, yesterday against New York. And, and Mike Brown's, you know, starting to share his frustration a little bit more regularly uh, in these post game press conferences, whereas yesterday he was just like they didn't execute, like they didn't execute the game plan uh, at all. He said something similar following the Bucks game, where he was like they never felt us, like they dictated uh, everything. I like that approach from Mike Brown, but what did you see yesterday watching uh, the Kings and the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I saw your tweet that said the Kings just aren't even trying to get into their offense. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? You yeah. said something like that. Yeah. And that's what it looked like. They just went away from everything that's worked all season long. And it's something that when tough times happen, a lot of players regress to whatever it is, whoever they have been as a player in the past. And that's what I kind of saw. Like I saw selfish play. I saw just bad play, sloppy play, um, guys just being ineffective you know, and like, look, this team, we've talked about it. They just aren't good enough to overcome, like, when when major pieces just disappear completely. And for as much as I've called out, you know, like the guys who have disappeared this season, we had the Harrison Barnes stretch where he was bad. We had the De'Aaron Fox stretch where we now know he was fighting through an injury, but he didn't look right for seven games and really, like, took a step backwards. Kevin Herter's had a stretch where he just can't find the basket well, right now we're in a stretch where Malik Monk hasn't been able, hasn't been effective at all the last three games. And I don't care how many points he scores, it's just it's not effective. And uh, you watch Mike Brown pull him off the court so quick. Like if you don't have De'Aaron Fox on the court, you need Malik Monk. You need Malik Monk to play 35 minutes, and mm. you haven't been able to leave him out there at all. And it's been really, really tough to watch. And and it's the 
he's not locked in mentally. It's the the little mistakes where he just hands the ball over. He did it multiple times in that game yesterday where he just gave up a ball in crucial spots where you're starting to build some momentum. They put him in the game. They get killed. They pull him out. They start to rally. They put him in the game. They get killed again. And I don't blame Mike Brown. That's what you had to do, especially with Terrence Davis coming back after a couple of games off with a, with a back injury. What do you attribute that to with Malik? Uh, part of me um, feels like that's kind of um, in Terrence Davis in, in the same boat. That's kind of, you know, who they are. They're kind of up and down guys, you know, at least offensively uh, with whether the shot is falling. You know, they, they'll have seven games where they're playing great and then two or three games where they struggle a little bit. Um, or do you look at it as a situation where he's – probably doing a little bit more than he should because Fox is out or isn't a hundred percent or anything like that. And that's kind of affecting his game as well, where he's, he's thinking that he has to do a whole lot more than he probably needs to do. And it's affecting his shot. It's affecting his whole game really. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. Like each of these players are different in why they start to struggle, you know, could be that just an accumulation of minutes or it could be, that Mike Brown went almost kicked over a table telling everybody that you're the sixth man of the year. Um, and that just puts some pressure on him that he didn't see coming. Um, it could be that like a lot of positive things have been written about him and said about him over the last couple of weeks. And he's just, you know, bought into it a little bit, but at the end of the day, like he'll be fine. Like the Kings will be fine. This is just another hiccup where, uh, you have a bad game where you, and two out of three, but two out of three against, one of them is the you know one of the most difficult teams to defend in the league in uh and a great defensive team in the Milwaukee Bucks and then uh you know another team that has a very unique player in Julius Randle and i i thought the the fact that Julius Randle was just an absolute act in the fool and got thrown out of the game like i, I didn't understand that like what are you doing like there there was no reason you're up a bunch but the fact that the kings couldn't use that as motivation and catapult themselves to victory over the Knicks. That was just crazy. And especially like it was a weird, I think they tried RJ shut him down. Like if you look back at that first possession, like the Kings were in, like they were, they were aggressive defensively on that first possession after Julius Randle got to, and then RJ Barrett hits a three and I, I feel like it was 11, but I could be wrong. And the three took it to 14 and it was like, Oh, and I don't feel like they ever, that run that we saw against Cleveland, that we've seen against the Warriors, that we've seen so many times, it never, it never materialized. They never got enough shots to drop. Yeah, this team has been able to take a punch all season long, so it was kind of surprising to see them uh, take a punch early, but stay in the game. Like even when they weren't playing well in the first half, they still kept it within you know reasonable ten to fifteen points most of the game. Uh, but then you know in that third quarter when they took a couple of punches and they just didn't have a counter. Uh, or when they did have a counter, they couldn't get the stop. Um, really just an odd focus game. And, like, look, how many times do we need to see Domanis Sabonis uh, take the, the slender dudes down in the post and just dominate them, and then all of a sudden you see his teammates just go away from it? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you not getting the the bat, the at-the-rim shot that he's shooting 70% on, and it slows the game down and it gets you an easy bucket? Why aren't you doing that? And I know the Knicks fouled him quite a few times, and he was missing a bunch of free throws. Yeah. And, and again, that's one of those games where, um, like, complacency, when, when a team is complacent, you can point to, like, a couple of stats that really stand out. And number one, free throw misses. 
uh, which the Kings were horrible. Number two, offensive rebounds. And number three, offensive rebounds that lead to second chance points. And the Kings got killed in all three categories. And that's what you could see happening. Anytime they, they got a stop, they just didn't have that extra little bit to get the 50-50 ball, to get the to end the defense, the offensive possession for the Knicks. And next thing you know, they're giving up a two, they're giving up a three. And it's just, it's backbreaking when you do the work and then it, it doesn't pay off. You know, and it's, it's, it's one of those things though, too, James and Damien, where, you know, there's a lot of potential reasons for what happened on, on Sunday against New York. But, you know, sometimes like this is just what happens. It's not, it's not an indictment on the team or the way they played. I think we saw it a couple of times in that game where they tried to lock in. They were, you know, trying to pick up the energy on the defensive end. They were trying to, you know, enforce their will on the game. And the shots just didn't fall. And the Knicks' shots did fall. You know what I mean? And and sometimes it is that, you know, that simple with, with these guys where, you know, they're, they're trying mentally. They see what's going on. But they can't – they just can't it's get it going. make or miss league. Make or miss league for sure. But, you know, they just can't find that rhythm and, and get into that rhythm of being able to overturn those games. And, you know, I, that's where I put yesterday's game at. And I think it's a little shocking because we haven't seen them have those moments much, if at all, um, this year. But I think that's what yesterday was for me. It's just, just couldn't get it going. Couldn't find a groove. Yeah, and I'll point out, too, there are games where the Kings finish with, like, 32 assists or 35 assists, and I can go back in my head and remember, like, a good five or six shots that were missed, and it's usually Sabonis. Sabonis, like, he's a guy who averages, what, six and a half assists a game, and he should be at, like, eight, um, because for some reason dudes miss wide-open shots for him on occasion. Um, But uh, in this particular game, when I got – you look at 19 – and it was a struggle to get to 19. Like there weren't a bunch of assists left on the on the table. Uh, this team just didn't play their style of game. They allowed the Knicks to dictate how they were going to play, and that's just it's a sign of you know a team that again is has tired legs. It's a little complacent that that isn't just 100 percent for that day, and it's a team that like when you take De'Aaron Fox off of that roster. It looks a lot different, and you know the the toughest defender has to gets to slide over and get a little bit of a break. Doesn't have to have nearly the the athletic uh, scoring you know dynamic score that Fox is uh, to go up against, and it changes the whole dynamic of the game for the for the Kings. We've speculated that um, part of the reason the bench has been struggling the last couple of games is because of the absence of De'Aaron Fox. Talked about Malik Monk. Malik Monk and De'Aaron play; they're on the floor together quite a bit. And uh, it feels like uh, Malik has been impacted by De'Aaron's absence. I, I think the whole bench has, uh, but perhaps Malik in particular, where I thought Malik might be able to elevate a little bit with De'Aaron out, particularly in the playmaking category, uh, it seems to have been the exact opposite. Yeah, and you know, all the bench, like the problem that you have with the bench is that the way that this offense works is if your starters are really good and your top six guys are really good. It allows your your number seven, eight, nine, ten guys to just fill roles, and then when that's not happening, when those those starters aren't having that kind of impact on a game, it really makes it difficult for this group of players to 
like step up and be something that they're not. And again, if you're not passing the ball, like Shemezi Metu is not going to get a bucket. Like he has been feasting on the lobs and on the pick and roll, like in the off the uh, the DHO pick and rolls, and like there's a lot of things that are going on uh, that that create opportunities for some of these guys. When you take away the flow of the offense and you make them just, you know, like we saw a lot of dribbling. Um, I mean, this is the first game all season where they scored under 100 points. Uh, and, and that just, it really hurts those other guys because they're not guys who are going out there and creating stuff for themselves for the most part. This Casey, is, before, sorry, okay, before no, you, before no. you jump in there, let's, let's give away tickets to see, uh, the Sacramento Kings take on, uh, the Washington's, uh, <laughs> 916-909-1320. Caller number three, we'll get you all set up. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, December 23rd at the Golden One Center, uh, against Washington. Again, caller number three right now, 916-909-1320. Uh, we've got tickets to this game for you all week long. Casey, go ahead. I was just going to say Robert uh, Foster in the chat brings up a good point. He says if the Kings had played the Knicks on Friday and the Cavs yesterday, the vibes would be so much different. I tend to agree with them because I didn't think that they played that well on Friday night, but they had that incredible stretch, Great you know, to, to finish it off. But, you know, it was it was all what they say, sunshine and lollipops or something like that after after that finish. I didn't think they played – that well, but the fact of the matter remains, they got the win, right? Dallas and, Cowboys and Houston Texans. All you got to <laughs> do is win. That's all you got to do is win. That's it. And you know that that's, I think that's what this road trip is about. Because I was just talking to Damian about how I think all these guys are going to play so much better when they get home. I think they're going to have to find a way to gut games out like they did in Cleveland one or two more times for the remaining three games of this road trip, and just find a way. I. I don't know if it's going to look pretty this entire road trip, but they've got to find a way. Sunday, they couldn't find a way, mm. and that's kind of what frustrates people a little bit. Yeah, and, and I'm going to point out a couple of things that I'm seeing like in the chatty house here that uh, just to explain some of the things that are happening. So like the Kings signed Trey Burke uh, to, their, to the Stockton Kings. They can't just bring Trey Burke up. Um, they don't have uh, a roster spot for him, and he's not on a two-way contract. He's not even eligible for a two-way contract. So um, there's always a possibility that they could waive a player and pick up a player. But uh, Trey Burke is more there to to work with these young guys and get them uh, even more at, like, sort of NBA-level experience. Um, and then, you know, like, when we look at the way that, uh, like, this whole road trip is going to go, like, this was always going to be really difficult. And I know people, like, like, they didn't like it when I said, hey, you know, you've guaranteed that you're coming home at, at, uh, at 500, you know, by winning that game against the Cavs, you guaranteed that the Sacramento Kings will be 500 by the end of the road trip. And people are like, Oh man, they can be way over that. It's like, Hey, just wait a sec. This is a really, really difficult road trip. Even the final game against the Detroit Pistons, like that's an incredibly difficult game because it's the getaway game. It's the final game of a six game road road trip. You haven't been home in like two weeks. You haven't seen your family. You haven't, you know, like you don't know what you're going home to. It's chaos. And that game is always really, really ragged. So uh, just some of the things that like people need to keep in mind when they're watching this team, they can play really good and still lose to a, a good team. And that could have happened against the Cavs. Uh, I don't know that the Knicks are a really good team. But they they're playing well. Kings in the yeah, face. They are playing well. Yeah. They're playing well. Is that four wins in a row for them now? Uh, yeah. yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, 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 I'll say this, James, that I believe the Sacramento Kings are capable of competing with every team they step on the floor with. I do believe that they're capable of they've, – they've shown enough this year that they can beat good teams. Like, they can win. They can win. Philadelphia – we're looking at the name Philadelphia, not necessarily the way that they're playing this year. Philadelphia, I, I think they're the same record as the Kings, maybe one, one game worse. Yeah, they're one game worse than the Kings. Toronto's right in the same category. I'm thinking about this back-to-back like everybody else is, but we saw Joe go for 53 last night, his second 50-plus game in the last handful of weeks, but that's a team that's still trying to figure out who and what they are. Joe's playing phenomenal. The Philadelphia 76ers are not. Toronto's a 500 team. Like I, I, I think we still look at the Kings as the Kings of last year and the year before and the year before in this 25 games, James, I believe the Kings can compete with every single team they step on the floor with. They can compete, but can they win? I mean, these road games are, are tough. Like, and you know, we can, we and can you say, need moments you know, like you had in the Cleveland game, which like, yeah, you, can, yeah. you can, you can get, I know it doesn't feel like it, but every once in a while, something can go the Kings way. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to find a way to steal a game especially this this back to back you got to find a way to steal one game and if you can do that then you know you might have the momentum to to bring this thing home at at 3 and 3 uh, but it's not going to be easy i mean the, the way Joel Embiid is playing right now is is like off the charts i mean he's like it's not just like mvp he's playing like a, one of the great players of all time over the last like I think it's 10 games. It's it's absolutely crazy what he's doing. And that's going to be tough because especially like we saw Alex Len miss uh miss time. Um he missed the the New York game with a non-covid related illness. Well, the Kings might need Alex Len. They might need six fouls from a big guy uh to try to slow down Embiid and you know that that Philadelphia team they haven't they weren't good early in the year, but they have been better a lot better lately and while they're searching for themselves they're searching for themselves with like still two superstar players or the remnants of two superstar players and then One and some a half. really yeah some really really good role players you know like a Tobias Harris and uh you know their guard play has been a lot better even though you know they're they're struggling with injuries still um so yeah that's an impressive team and then what do you do when you go up against uh you know the next night you go up against one of the longest teams in the league is like playing the Cavs all over again um it's not a great shooting team if i'm not mistaken but still it's a team that's extremely dangerous with all kinds of defensive talent and uh yeah if there's a team that like if i were to envision something with the sacramento kings and making a trade that that toronto team is one of the the ones on the short list that i'm going to and trying to prize some of their players because number one they're coached really well but number two they have a bunch of guys who fit exactly what the kings need and guys who fit what the kings need and actually play as opposed to some of the guys that with like the Orlando magic that fit what the Kings need, but are they really good basketball players or are they just putting, putting up stats on, on a bad team? Kings should go get Jonathan Isaac. Oh, geez. (laughs) That was sarcasm for those that are new to the show. Um, Okay. Let's, you you went there. Let's, let's go there. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, the trade quote rumors that are out there. Kings being linked to various guys. A lot of them are on that. Uh, Toronto Raptors team that you were just talking about. And I'll mention this, 76ers lost to the Rockets like three games ago. Mm-hmm. 
The Raptors lost to the Magic last night. I don't, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I'm just pointing that out. Um, we'll come back. James Ham, 1320 Kings Insider and creator of the Kings Beat. Manny the Mannequin. I, I, want, <laughs> I want you to tell me about Manny the Mannequin uh, as well, and we'll do that when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and KC continues on ESPN 1320. That was a fun commercial break conversation on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320 and youtube.com slash ESPN 1320. Uh, if you want to catch up on it, if you want to hear Kenny Caraway lie, to the uh, three hundred some people the watching, truth. you're you're telling lies you to everybody. Know about no king size mattress moving on king size mattress. I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, you don't know anything about moving it because you're smart enough to hire people <laughs> to to move those mattresses hey, look, for you. In all you were busy moving the motorcycle. I had to take. Well, I moved the motorcycle. I'm telling you that vanity. I didn't think I was gonna make it. I thought I'm coming home to see you, Elizabeth. The thing's gonna fall right back on me up these stairs, and that's gonna be all she wrote. That was terrifying, but um. I did take the memory foam off our mattress. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> did take the memory foam off. That was easy, but yeah, I'm putting that back on as soon as I get the word. Okay. I All may right. never get the word, but you as may soon not. As, I, as soon it's as I get the word, memory foam going to be on. your new bed. <laughs> going to lay the memory foam out on the floor, <laughs> and that's where Kenny Caraway going to sleep. Um, <laughs> All right, Hammer. You brought it up, man. Let's get into it. Uh, there are... There's chatter. Like, the trade deadline is two months away. Uh, the kickoff of the trade season, as we've dubbed this last year, 
is just a couple of days away, December 15th. And it appears that the Lakers are in the Lakers of this year are in the Kings position of last year where their entire fan base has their hopes up that some big deal is going to be struck at midnight on December 15th. Uh, But the Kings have been mentioned um, in various reports along with, you know, virtually every other team in the league uh, involving the Toronto Raptors, a team that you brought up right before uh, the commercial break. I'm not, and maybe you guys can hit me to this, I'm not sure why Toronto would want to blow it up right now instead of build, but uh, there are Pascal Siakam's name is referenced once again. OG Ananobi's name is referenced uh, once again. James, what do you make of all this? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's wild to see some of the names that are being mentioned that could potentially be on the market right now. Um, you know, I think the big three, what we we're talking about, Kuzma, we're talking about OG Ananobi and, uh, and Siakam. Oh, and, and John Collins. Um, like these are the big three moving pieces right now that everyone's looking Collins at. Collins bigger than Siakam? I would really like to quit John Collins. When <laughs> when when is it officially not John Collins season? Yeah, but I have you seen uh, Siakam's name being mentioned? Well, I, 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 I maybe I'm just looping him in with the the, yeah. the the Raptors. Yeah, I think you know sort of the word there with Toronto is that they they could potentially look to move on from OG Ananobi. Uh, because they, you know, they want to go young and and build the team around Scotty Barnes. Um, but <laughs> OG my goodness, Ananobi's like twenty four. <laughs> he's twenty five. He, he's twenty five. He'll young. be. Yeah, he's he actually. And if you look at, that's the the type of player the Kings are looking for. Once again, it's OG getting under, a discount at the movies. I guess. Jeez. Yeah, it's an undervalued contract. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's only making I think it's eighteen or nineteen million bucks a year for this year and next, and then he's got a player option for the the third year. Um, so it's kind of like the Sabonis deal, where you're looking at like a year and a half, and then you're going to have to make some really difficult decisions. And um, the thing about him is he's just become a really good offensive player to go with the fact that he's one of the best defensive players in the league, and he's kind of Kawhi Leonard light. Um, but at this point, like I would take OG over Kawhi just because he plays and Kawhi doesn't. And so, uh, he's a phenomenal talent and he's also a player who does a really good job off of cuts. He's really good on the catch and shoot three in the corner. And I think he would fit in perfectly, not just, uh, his style of play, but he would give you that I mean, he averages 2.4 steals per game. And while we talk about blocks all the time and how the Kings are one of the worst block teams in the league, or I think they are the worst team in the league when it comes to blocks, uh, I, I would take a a guy who averages 2.4 steals over a guy who averages, who averages 2.4 blocks any day of the week because a steal is a straight turnover where a block, you know, it just isn't. Like there, there are plenty of blocks to go right back in the bucket. Um, so I, I think if they could get him, uh, you got to figure out what it is that Toronto would potentially look for in that deal. Um, but like, I'm stacking stuff. Like, uh, whatever it takes to get a guy like that, I would be in if I were the Kings. I agree 100%. I mean, Toronto's a little disappointing this year um, for what they probably expected. They're 13 and 14 right now. Um, but that's the, the other part of the question that I have, James, is like, number one, what we'll just say for you personally, just you're not reporting, just speaking personally, what would you be willing to give up to get an OG or to get a Kyle Kuzma? Or maybe those things aren't related, but 
what are you willing to give up? Yeah, and then I think when they... those are two really different. Yeah, they're two very, very different questions. Only because of the um, con- uh, contract mm-hmm. status of Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and with Kuzma, too, like the problem with Kuzma is he, he has an, a slightly overinflated sense of worth, and he's going to want to get paid. The other thing he wants is a major market because he thinks he's Hollywood. Um, and that's fine. Like, he ain't he, seen he, the bean. This is a major market. <laughs> and to be yeah, fair to he, him, he said he'd be cool coming to Sacramento back when he thought he was getting traded to Sac. Well, he, was, he had to say that because he literally they told him he was being. That's traded when he didn't to have any control. Now he has all so, of the control. Well, I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's fair too. I'm just saying this was like the aftermath of it. Yeah. This was a couple months. This later. was my, yeah. I know he was like, man, about. I wasn't tripping off Sacramento. Like mm-hmm. it's not far from L.A. Like it's cool. <laughs> San Francisco, yeah. it's not too far. It's a major market. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, like, look, the Kings should be active, but if I'm, you're asking me what it is that, you know, the Kings have to offer, um, you know, let's just say that the Kings look at their team right now and say, we don't want to give up Harrison Barnes. We, we know he has some value, but we don't think he has value in a trade for, uh, to Toronto where they're trying to reset their roster and do something different. Right. So if there's a way to get away from that, get into that trade, without giving up Harrison Barnes, um, and you can come back with OG Ananobi, uh, then it's going to cost you. And I don't know if it's going to be one or two or three first-round picks, but it's probably at, at a minimum going to be a pretty good you know, first uh, and then expiring deals or, or other contracts that make sense. Like if I'm the Kings and I'm offering, um, let's just say, Rashawn Holmes and... Uh, you can you can do a deal for OGN and Obi Rashawn Holmes, uh, Alex Len, and say Trey Lyles, or you could even go like Davion Mitchell to sort of sweeten the deal. Um, but what is it going to cost you on top of that? And it's at least one first round pick. With those gonna players, get... it's going to be like seven first round yeah. picks. Well, yeah, but I don't know because uh, some of those guys are like useful pieces that they can use right now because Toronto has been interested in Rashawn Holmes in the past and they still don't have a true center to put so they can knock Siakam over to the four. Um, but the problem that the Kings have, and it, we can argue this all day long with the chatty house or not, but the Kings can't trade a second round pick um, and a first round pick until like 2000, I think it's 2028, right? Um, so it's locked up 24, 25, 26. You can't trade 27 because of the step in. So you're literally looking at like having to go out to the 2028. Uh, now that doesn't mean that the Kings couldn't have, uh, pick swaps and other things that they throw in. The Kings still have a bunch of second round picks that they could throw in. So you just have to, you know, what is the market? How competitive do you have to do? Uh, you know, do you have to be to go get a guy like that? Um, and how many teams are going to jump on board and try to get in on the deal. And, you know, I think there's possibility that the Kings could take a swing here. Uh, but even like when we talk about Harrison Barnes, um, if you were to throw Harrison Barnes in there, that doesn't, if they're truly looking to reset their roster, that doesn't have value to them unless they're going to just flip Harrison Barnes again. So maybe that works in a three team deal where, you know, the Kings are, are sending Harrison somewhere else and you're taking back. But, you I want to make sure I'm this. clear on what you're saying. You're saying Harrison doesn't help their their team. He winds up just being the money falling off. Yeah, just an expiring contract. And when you look at OG Ananobi, um, he's only got one year left after this year anyways. And then the, the third year is a, is a player option. 
So that's what I mean. Like there, there isn't a tremendous amount of value in Harrison Barnes, uh, unless you, you love Harrison Barnes and you're going to try to use this Larry Bird rights to lock him up long-term once you acquire him. And that would be, you know, something that would make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, I, and I don't know what OG's, you know, overall, uh, value is like, I, I think a lot of teams, like they'd have to think long and hard. He has had some injury history. He had the, the torn ACL coming into the NBA, um, which is why, you know, the Kings were sitting at number 20 in the 2017 NBA draft. And they chose Harry Giles over OG Ananobi, who went number 23, I believe. And, uh, that's just one of those deals where you're gambling on, on one guy with an knee injury and you didn't know, you didn't know which one the Kings were going to gamble on. They both had a bunch of potential. Hmm. I'm taking all this in right now, James, taking all this in and I'm just trying to figure out how this can get done. And <laughs> quite honestly, to get a guy like OG and probably I know people are down on him, but I'm just being real to get a guy like Kuzma. I don't know if you can get them without, um, Harrison Barnes just being real like if 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 they're available I feel like there might be trades that could beat Alex Lynn Rashawn Holmes Trey Lyles Mm -hmm. in a second rounder so I I actually like I hear what you're saying I would switch it up and I would say can you get one of those deals done without Keegan Murray and I think that that's a more realistic question because the Harrison Barnes thing like look if someone loves Harrison Barnes they can go get him in the offseason. He's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this situation, if you're trading with a team that's giving up and, and trying to go backwards, then he doesn't have the same value unless, again, they're going to try to flip him again mm-hmm. afterwards. But, like, I get what you're saying, but the question becomes, do you do you can't. the you can't. Tyrese Halliburton? Uh, do you, you do the Tyrese Halliburton no. for DeMontis' so bonus deal again? But that's – but 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 – but Kyle Kuzma is not DeMontis Sabonis. Oh, I'm not oh, doing that deal for Kuzma. And, and I'm probably not trading him at all. But if we're talking about OG Ananobi. I, if there's a young player available on the Kings, it's not Keegan. It's it. Go ahead, say. It's Davion. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you that Tyrese Halliburton wasn't available on like February 7th last year. And then he wasn't on the team afterwards. And again, if you have aspirations to, I'm just saying, like, that's going to be the question. If teams are calling in, they're saying, hey, what's it going to take to get OG and Anobi? The first thing is going to be is like, well, we like Keegan Murray. And it's like, okay, either either you hang up the phone really quick. Keegan's untouchable for you? You you can't. Not not for OG. Not for two years or a year and a player option. Mm -hmm. So you have this year and next year. Right? And then a player option after that? Yeah, a player no, option after that. No, 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 no. You're rolling. So you're, 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 we're all, we're all, you're already rolling the dice with Sabonis. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, OG's the same situation. OG's not going to sign a contract extension. OG's going to hit the market as a free agent. The same thing that's going to happen with DeMontis Sabonis. Hmm. I'm saying no. No. Well, I'm I'm not saying yes. What I'm telling you is that's what sounds it like could. you are. No, I'm <laughs> and saying it, and that's the look what on, it could and the look take. on my partner's face is that he's 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 willing to do this. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, no. I'm, I, I'm not I'm not doing that deal. I don't think. I mean, I have to look at the totality of the deal, but I'm not like jumping at anything to to make that deal. But I'm just telling you that, like, if you're calling Toronto and asking now, if you're calling Washington and ask from Kyle Kuzma, like they're going to want a first round pick. 
But outside of that, like you're not giving up a bunch of stuff for Kyle Kuzma, and especially he's a rental. Like I, you're not gonna, you're gonna have such a difficult time keeping him around. And it, it's like, are what are you gonna give up to to really? That's just selling your soul to try to get to the playoffs one time and hoping that it works, and then hoping that somehow you can keep him afterwards. I just don't buy it. I don't buy that he's gonna stick around long term. Um, where OG Ananobia, I think you could probably convince him to do something longer. There's speculation that you two have found where uh, Matt Barnes sells those light the beams. <laughs> I think people were thinking that it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Now I'm sitting here. I don't think I'd do the trade, but I don't. I don't think it's just a slam dunk. Like I'm hanging up on Toronto. I'm not hanging up. If I've got them on the phone talking OG, I'm not hanging up. Right, but I'm but not. Say, le- I'm not ending the conversation with trading Keegan. Well, Murray. I, I'm not saying that either. But I mean, there's a there's a discussion to be had. Like if if uh, absolutely, Masai, we're if Ma- going to talk you down off of this Keegan if Ma- Murray. If Masai, thing if Masai says, "Look, we can do this deal for Keegan," I'm getting off the phone and I'm talking to my people. I'm like, I'll call you back. And we'll have a conversation. Sure, I'll let him think it's possible for a few minutes. <laughs> I'll hang up the phone and say, "Yo, you hear what this dude said to me?" <laughs> you put, you putting, you putting. I'm just, I'm playing devil's advocate right here. But you're adding 19.6 rebound and a defensive player of the year onto your roster, and we're just like, hell no, no, I'm, I'm no for I'm Keegan just, Murray. We're I'm saying just, hell no to that for Keegan. I'm just Murray. saying no. I mean, you're if it's if it's Keegan, honesty, if, it, if it's Keegan, there's no draft picks involved in. That, that's fair. Yeah, that's uh, fair. I don't know. It might they be a second rounder. Like they can't one. get Keegan and and a first. You can have Trey Burks. <laughs> oh, damn. The rights to Trey Burks. Go you can have that. Go blue. I'm yeah, just. I I, I I love Keegan Murray. I I yeah, think there is value. There is there is value in um, having somebody that's under club control for six years at this point, um, making a certain amount of money. You want to see him grow, things of that nature. Those are all the reasons, and I think he's a good ball player. Those are all the reasons why I wouldn't do it, or at least right now I feel like I wouldn't do it. But like I said, you're averaging, you're bringing in 19 points a game, one of the best perimeter defenders in the game. And Tyrese was because of De'Aaron, not because of Tyrese, but because of De'Aaron. Tyrese mm-hmm. was expendable. Mm-hmm. Keegan is not. But the player you're getting back. You're you're sure you're not just accelerating what you're doing three years? I, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate because I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know that I would say yes. And I I would have to like there'd be like some major major soul searching, but um, that's but all I'm saying. Coming up on the Kingsbeat.com, why James Ham hates Keegan Murray? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guest starring Kenny Caraway. Not clickbait. Anyone with that Keegan story? Murray. <laughs> but I'll tell you this: he OG Ananobi. Like if we compare him to what Ben Simmons is or what Ben Simmons was when you were going to trade for Ben Simmons, oh. I would make the argument that the fact that OG can score, the fact that they're equal on defense, uh, he's not the passer, but you don't need that. I would tell you that he is a better fit for the Sacramento Kings than Ben Simmons. With that, I, I don't even think I would blink and say that. If I had to take one of those two players, especially now, if I had to take one of those two players, um, because one is owed $130 million still. but uh, And he might like, stink. Yeah. I, but hmm. I, I certainly like OG Ananobi realistically is a perfect fit player. And that, so I, I'm just telling you, like, I, I'm not saying I would do it. I'm, but it's not what I you heard. know that that <laughs> would be, that would be where the Raptors start the conversation. And then you have to go from there. No, and, I understand that part. I understand that completely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and if you got him uh, like without giving up Keegan Murray or Harrison Barnes, which is like really really difficult, but like that requires a phone call to the Atlanta Hawks where you're maneuvering and trying to give up different picks. Like maybe you give up a 2025. See, that's the thing. Like you can't have Keegan in the pick. You're getting. No, you're basically. Can't. You're getting the no, fourth overall pick in the draft. Yeah, I agree. You can't. You can't have. You, you don't get both. No, you absolutely can, not. I'll call Atlanta, and you can have that. Whatever. Whatever pick you want, you can have that over yeah. Keegan. Yeah, that's you, that's you that's you that's the negotiation right Murray. there. Okay, but I would say this: like, weren't people willing to give up the 2022 first round pick as well as? The twenty four. That and was the before he had a to, name to get who to get Ben Simmons. I, I know oh, well, to get Ben Simmons. No, no, yeah, no I think you were. Yeah, nobody sane was doing that. Oh no, I think people were offering up three first round picks and Buddy Hield and and other stuff for There's him. There's a lot I of insane so. people out there. I don't dispute that. I, I'm just saying nobody that, sane. That was, was, that was before that. the 2022 pick had a name, and his yeah. name is Keegan. Well, I think Keek it would be. Him. I, it would be really interesting if you could somehow move the the Atlanta Hawks pick to the 2025 season and say look we'll we'll take the protections off and give you the 2025 and then offer up to 23 and 27 i think you can probably get OG Ananobi uh, well at least if they make him available i think you can probably get him with, with, with the 23 Keegan? and 27 without Keegan yeah, without Keegan. Oh, okay, because I was I was leaving. I was leaving <laughs> if we were talking about with Keegan. Well, it's funny. People think that I'm advocating trading Keegan Murray. I'm That's not, what I'm hearing. I'm not saying that at all. I tweeted no, it three times already. You, yeah, no, I'm saying I'm saying no, no. Uh, like I, I'm not saying uh, that I know exactly what I would do in that situation, but I'm certainly not advocating for it. I'm just saying that if you make a phone call to Toronto, that is going to be their first ask. They're going to be oh, okay. Like we really like for the sure. I get long-term that. forward pairing of uh, Scotty Barnes and Keegan Murray. So where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And the Kings can either hang up the phone or they can go, okay, well, where do we go? Like, let's have an honest discussion on whether we can actually get a deal done. Um, but, you know, again, if you want to make the playoffs uh, and, and there's some way you can get a guy like OG Ananobi without giving a Barnes or Keegan Murray, uh, Murray clearly goes to the bench, mm-hmm. and like your three forward uh, rotation is spectacular, and I, I like that would be fun to watch. That that's what takes the Kings from a where they're at right now. Which you know, early in the season, I said like the cap is six, maybe the cap's a little bit higher, uh, but like where they can be in the playoffs. If you were to add OG Ananobi to this team. Oh man, I I think the cap is higher. I think the cap like you can be a legitimate four, five, six like team in the playoffs. Mm. But what do you have to mortgage? How much of the future do you have to mortgage to get there? Yeah. If there's any reality to to these names that are out there, OG's the biggest, right? Over over Collins. Over Kuzma, I think y'all be sleeping on Kuzma. No, I'm I'm I, I'm not. not. I like you Kyle Kuzma, specifically. I'm just, I, but I'm I think saying, OG I think people I think, because he wears this long pink sweater. I think people sleep on Kuzma. No, I, he, I think he people go. here sleep on him because he's from the Lakers exactly. and he's got a certain style aura. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, I'm seeing this tweet right now. You know who the most unlikable player in the league is quickly becoming? Who's that? That dude in Atlanta. Yeah, that dude in Atlanta needs to That's calm facts. down. He was he was fined and and he tweeted uh this is Trey Young for those who haven't caught on to that. Sorry to the Hawks fan or fans who got a chance to touch the game winning ball. Didn't know I couldn't do that. 
Come on, can't man. celebrate stuff anymore. Uh, and there's just emojis all over the place. And Settle this dude, down. he's quickly turning into that heel that he was at Madison Square Garden uh, on WWE program. We're done. I can't believe how quickly this conversation uh, went when we started threatening <laughs> to trade Keegan Murray. It was just absolutely amazing. I even saw messages that I had to leave the radio to get here in the chat and see what was going on. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much for being with us. Uh, check out the kingsbeat.com, Kingsbeat podcast. Uh, and we'll see you here tomorrow on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. I love Keegan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.